versa. I was glad when they said unto me, Amen. let's go to the house of the Lord. I mean, that's how it should be every time. Wazi isn't even been with us that long, but this morning she got up. She was taking her time, you know, waking up. Got out of there and said, do you want to go to church? And even her that young, she was like, you know, excited. And that's how we should be. Amen. That joy, just to be in his presence. Amen. That's right.
Praise God. Nothing like coming to the house of God and lifting him up. Feeling his presence. That's something that should be. Easy for us to do. Come into his presence. Walk into his presence. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Israel. If you want to thwart the devil, if you want to stifle him, all you have to do is lift up your hands and praise him. If you want to stop what he's doing, every amen attack that you're that you're experiencing, everything. Just lift up your hands and praise him and just give God glory. You'll find out that's gonna be the very thing that's just gonna put a stop to him. You'll put a muzzle on him. Stifle. Stifle him. He won't be able to. Amen. He won't be able to <coughs> cause you to feel any any uh, amen oppression or, or anything. Depression or anxiety or worry or all the things that he does. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm glad we can come to the house of the Lord and worship and praise Him. Amen. It's kind of funny. It's Well, I shouldn't say it. It's not funny, but it's just amazing how people that have never even had a heart to worship God can come into the house of God and worship Him. Every facet of worship, however we employ it, instruments, voices, hands, feet, <laughs> praise God. We do it because we, we're, because of what He's done for us. So it's amazing. It's amazing how we can do that. We can humble ourselves. I guess I can release all of those of you that are going to your Sunday school classes this morning. You can go ahead and be dismissed to your classrooms. I won't hinder you. Amen. I won't hinder your spiritual education. That goes most of our congregation. Hallelujah. I hope to get into the deep things of God. There's just been certain things I, you know, I feel impressed. I feel inspired of the Lord to do and it's kind of it's kind of something 
if you would all learn just to bear with me. Because, you know, things, uh, I'm still trying to get adjusted uh, to our Sunday schedule. <laughs> I haven't gotten adjusted to it yet, you know, this. And uh, I'm trying to, I guess, find a solution. And uh, Brother Wethy and I were talking about it, and, and uh, he was saying, you know, a lot of people don't realize the activities that go on as far as the ministry is concerned. He said, it's more than just the house of God. It's more than the responsibility that we have for the house of God, everything that takes place, but even in our own personal lives. He says, it's crazy because he said, I can't just, he said, I try to, you know, have some structure so that I have something that I have something that I can reference myself, my everything I do. But he said, it seems like we're always getting interrupted. I said, well, hello. Welcome to this life. Because a lot of times there's always the unexpected. That's what you don't prepare yourself for. Right. That's right. We all can attest to that, can't we? Yes. When something comes along that just takes you out of your, you know, your comfort zone or even your daily routine takes you to a different place that you never thought you would go, then you go, oh man, my, 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 my. And to us, time is important. Time is important. We're always in a hurry to go no place. That's how I say it. So <clears throat> I told him, I said, uh, I'm still trying to get used to this Sunday schedule because it just seems like uh, I'm trying to put myself in a place where you know, it's something to be able to hear God, to talk to Him, and to be able to hear Him, because He does. Sometimes He don't speak back to you right away. And sometimes He does, sometimes He doesn't. But when He does, it's something. But, you know, so here I am trying to uh, put everything in its proper place, and, and it just seems like, uh, uh, of course, uh, one day, some of you young men are going to find out what it's like to be able to prepare yourself for the ministry of the Word. And it's it's more, how would I say, I'm not going to say, well, maybe in a sense difficult <laughs> than you really think it is. Because you're trying to, first of all, find a mind of God and the will of God, and then you have all these other things that are contending for your attention. So here you are, you're trying to put everything in place, so it's a little bit, you know, I'm not trying to make up any excuses, by the way, so don't think that. I've been doing this for a long time. I find out that if I pay close enough attention to the Lord, there's times that, you know, as far as preparation and everything, of course, we need to pray. We need to seek Him. We need to get our minds on the Lord. How many of you meditate in the Word of God? You meditate. And, and you meditate, you think about it, you ponder, you just go across certain scripture, you're just thinking about it. And usually you'll find out if you're meditating on a certain portion of scripture, sometimes that will lead you to another portion. You're just going, making a, you're on your journey, your meditation journey, as I say. So a lot of times it's like that with me, and I'm finding out, and, and this, is, this is a 
uh, I'm not going to say difficult, but it's, it's different for me because sometimes, of course, I'll be doing my best to, to humble myself before the Lord and pray and seek Him, and I'm waiting for Him to speak to me, to give me some kind of, um, you know, inspiration, any kind of thought. The, the, the thing about ministry is that the thoughts that we present to you are not, it's not my thoughts. They're not my thoughts. I should never come up here and try to impose my thoughts upon you. That wouldn't be, that's why Jesus said, search the scriptures and find out, search, you know, and, and, and learn, find, you know, learn the doctrine, find out whether it be of God or, or not. So everything that we do, we come up here, we're not, we're not trying to impose upon you our thoughts. We should be uh, sharing with you God's thoughts and because we're the messenger. So sometimes it comes to that point, and the reason why I'm saying this is now, you know, as far as preparation is concerned, uh, getting ready for, for the Word of God, and all of a sudden <laughs> what you thought or what you feel in your heart what you feel in your heart, and of course you're like me. I'm getting older now. So I was telling Brother Wethy, I'm getting older now, so I know one thing, I always have to write my notes down. You see, I don't know how many different notebooks I have. I have quite a few of them. And I'll write them down just to help me to reference, to keep my mind on the order. But here comes the Lord and says, okay, you don't need that today. Ooh. <laughs> it's like... Uh, It'd be like Sister Dina going to a TOPS conference and she prepares her material and then she gets there and all of a sudden they'll say, you won't need that today. You just do it from the top of your head. (laughs) (laughs) And you go. But the thing, the, the difference is this. The Lord does that so that when we come into that place that we're yielded to him obviously it's going to be the spirit that's going to lead us if any man speak let him speak as of the oracles of god and so we're speaking we're we're speaking to you what the word the lord has given to us at that particular time and a lot of times man you know talk about being sensitive and obedient to the holy ghost and talk about uh exercising your faith it's a it's a quite an experience but i mean more so it's been happening to me more often now so i just it's just like i'll pray and i'll now i'll I'll you know i'll get something ready and i'll prepare myself and here i am and uh all of a sudden here comes the lord and says "Mm." so you always have to be ready for those moments in your life that you know something is you know it's not going to happen like we we think it is our routines how many of you have your routines been interrupted yes Yes. how many of you get upset when your routines are interrupted i like drinking coffee at a certain time and when i can't have coffee at a certain time guess what Seems like lately I can't even finish my coffee. I told my wife, I said, you know what? 
there was a there was a there was a, a time there that I fixed myself a cup of coffee and I started to drink it, but something would happen and there it was and I forgot all about it. I come back to it sometime later, it's cold. And I said, you know what? I didn't even finish that first cup of coffee. That's to me that that's disturbing. Yes. <laughs> because I have to have that first cup of coffee. Are you are you listening to me? Yes. So when our routines are interrupted by something that that's going on, uh, simply saying, we always have to be ready for the moment. Right. As Paul said, be instant in season and out of season. Amen. Now I say this because, I say this because uh, I knew what I was going to teach this morning. Of course, that's what Sunday mornings are all about, teaching. I'm trying to, I'm trying to combine or bring these two thoughts together that I of course I you know I, I prayed and and I felt led to do this this morning but here comes the word of the Lord and he's directing me to another passage of scripture <laughs> and I thought about that and I said wow okay but uh, for whatever reason and uh, I, you know and I try to follow that and um, I'll try. I'll try to do my best because uh, I, I don't want to miss the Lord. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to miss the Lord. But uh, turn with your Bibles uh, this morning to the Book of Ephesians. How many of you feel like uh, right now in your life, and I'm talking about where you are spiritually speaking? Your, your experience, your walk with God. How many of you feel like right now, like a lot of times, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, a lot of times you feel like you're, everything that you're doing is contested? Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean by contested? Yes. It's always something there that you're just, it's there and, and a lot of things are there. Uh, if we could walk down a, a nice straight path, that would be nice, isn't it? That's the only example I could use. You could just walk down a nice straight path. That would be nice. But it doesn't happen that way. Usually there's some obstacles in the way that are there that will somehow try to, you know, resist or cause you to stumble or cause you, you know, it impedes your progress. It's just there. It's a force that is there and you can feel it and it just kind of makes you kind of you know tries to alter so everything that we do we're contested even even in our minds how many find that to be yes. so true even even the thoughts Amen. you get to a point now and and you get to a point now and all your elders probably can say you'll identify with them saying but you get to the point now where where you know your thoughts and you know the Lord's thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then you also know the thoughts that Satan mm-hmm. yes. brings into your mind. Right. It's almost getting to the point where you can discern. I don't know if you, if you are that way, but that's how I feel. That's what I experience because I know what my thoughts consist of. You can basically, you can separate, you can discern. <clears throat> like the Bible says, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and, and is a, a, amen, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So you can basically come to that point in your being where you, even in your mind where you can tell, you can separate, you can tell. It's like you get in a, a basket and you're labeling everything that's coming in and you're putting all those thoughts in the baskets. You can tell what you're thinking. You can tell what God's thinking. You can tell what the devil's throwing at you. So everything, is just, it just seems like he tries to. Woom. Woom. You can pretty much, uh, by that, you can, you can pretty much uh, discern, especially how it makes you feel. Sometimes your thoughts, too, are, are, are a product of your carnality. Yes. Yes. Amen. We, we have two ways we can go. We can be carnal-minded, yes. or we can be spiritually-minded. Yes. Amen. <laughs> That's right. If you can get to the point to discern that, you're doing really good. Yep. Pay attention and, and, and don't take your thoughts for granted. Right. But you know when God speaks to you, because even what you feel after when God speaks to you, everything everything good, every perfect and every good and perfect gift comes from above. Right. Down for the Father. He said the first time that we receive it, he said the first thing that you would experience, he said, is gentleness, peace of mind. So you know that's God. You know, God makes you know one thing about the Lord, He always makes you feel good, isn't He? Yes. Amen. Yes. So here we are, we're in that precarious position where a lot of people don't know how to deal with it. A lot of people don't know how to contend with it. But here we'll 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 kind of we'll look into this. Ephesians chapter six and verse number ten, it says this finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. It's the only way we can contend with this. We cannot contend with it on our own. And our mistake is we often try. We always try to do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. Amen. There's a greater power. There's a greater power than... The power we have. I'm just talking about our human nature. Mm -hmm. There's a greater power. Mm -hmm. Here's so many people talking about it. And, so, you know, you go to treatment and hear people reference, oh, there's a higher power. Mm -hmm. And, and the, yes, there is a greater power. There's a greater power than we ourselves. That's one thing we need to understand. So he says that. So the remedy for, amen, us being able to contend and to deal with, to confront, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the armor of God. Paul is using here an example, obviously, of the soldiers that were around him. Remember, he was a prisoner in Rome, he was amongst the Praetorian Guard, and uh, they they were outfitted, they were, you know, adorned in, 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 in a certain way where they wore uh, different articles of clothing and, and, and armor to protect themselves against assault. And that's the thought that Paul is talking about here. We have to adorn, we have to put on the armor of God because that's what's going to protect us from assault. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's going to protect us. 
And he's using that example, not just so much physically, but spiritually. Amen. We can be protected from assault. Amen. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. To stand. That's, that's our objective. Amen. By the end of the day, we're still standing for the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Jesus said that. Amen. There's not one cubic we can add to this, our statue. When we think about the evil that's in the day, right. there's not one cubic we could add to our statue. We can't do this. We can't figure it out. We, can't, we cannot amen, try to somehow <clears throat> face this on our own. We can't do that. So that's why it's important for us to stand, amen, in the power of God and doing everything we can to stand. I mean, don't give up. Amen. You might get roughed up. You might get abused a little bit. Huh? You might get beat on a little bit, but don't give up. That doesn't mean to give up. You might face a little hardship. Don't give up. That's one thing that we, we need to... to uh, Remember is this, now, the Apostle Paul, if you, if you want to go there, that's in um, 2 Timothy 2, 2, in verses 3 and 4, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you know that we're called, amen, as soldiers amen. of Jesus Christ? Amen. So he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Did you... Do, do you often think about this, that we are in a spiritual battle? Amen. We're in conflict every day, not just some days, every day. 24-7. Praise God. Amen. We're in, whether you realize it or not, we're behind enemy lines. Every day we're behind enemy lines. Well, how did that happen? I thought I was born into this world. Yes, we were. We were all born into this world, but guess what? We have been born again now. So we're not part of this world anymore. We're part of a different world. We're part of a different kingdom. So as a result, where we're situated, we're... We're behind enemy lines. So Paul says that. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Let me tell you something. Coming down to the point where we, we need to understand that there's certain things in this world. Amen. You cannot make allegiance with the enemy. There's certain things that you cannot do. You cannot make allegiance with the enemy. Right. Because the enemy will use that against you. Yes. And, 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 and that's what it means. We can't entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life. There's certain things about this world that we cannot connect ourselves to. Right. We cannot think it's going to benefit us because 
the enemy is subtle. He is very subtle. He knows how, you know, he's, he's been doing this for thousands of years. Ever since the garden. He's learned how to, amen, to, to basically, he's been on the offensive. Seems like, and we're always on the defensive. But there's something that you need to understand. We don't just need to be on the defensive. We need to be on the offensive too. And take possession. Take possession. Just like the people of Israel took possession of the promised land. The land that was there. All the lots that were given to them, every tribe that received their inheritance, they were given certain lots. What did they have to do? Guess, guess what was there? The enemy was there. <clears throat> the enemy was situated, so guess what they had to do? They had to go in and take possession. Amen. So they were on the offense, not on the defense. Mm -hmm. And they went and took a hold of their inheritance. That's what we're doing right now. We're taking hold of our inheritance. You know why? The devil doesn't want you to have it. Right. That's right. So that's why it's important for us not to be entangled with the affairs of this life. Here's a beautiful thought. Here's a beautiful thought. I don't mean to try to change things up, but just kind of, we'll stay on track here. But just some, let me tell you something. When the people of Israel came out of Egypt and after they came through the wilderness journey, the 40 years, and they, Crossed the Jordan River, and here they were. They were coming to to a point of where they were entering the Promised Land, and and of course, uh, all the different tribes began to go out and they began to take possession of their inheritance. Well, when they barked the Ark of the Covenant over the Jordan River, and the Bible says they took it to a place called Shiloh. Well, we call it, we say Shiloh. The the correct pronunciation is Shiloh. Shiloh and they placed it there it was a hill almost like you know a, a, not quite a mountain but a, a good sized hill and there it was they placed it on top of Shiloh see that's where God always here's, here's something amazing why is it that it's always a, a point that is higher than any other you know geographical location around it why is it <clears throat> because we always need to have an, an advantage Ooh. And so they put it on Shiloh. They put the tabernacle up there. And from there, guess what? Israel was still taking possession of their inheritance. So there they were. And if you read, if you study in the scriptures in the book of Judges and Joshua, you'll see what they did. They went out and they began to claim their inheritance, take possession of it. But all their movement was around what, what was there as far as the tabernacle in Shiloh. They had to, you know, all this, uh, how would I say, uh, warfare and it always it was all being directed by the priesthood there at Shiloh that's something isn't it yes. so their movement was from Shiloh and they took possession of their land I was thinking about that I thought about it what's so significant about Shiloh What's the significance of Shiloh? And if you look that up in the Hebrew, of course you have to do some searching because the, the uh, concordance won't really give you a definition, but you, you have to do some searching in a good Hebrew lexicon. The, the, the word, what Shiloh means is this. It means 
tran tranquil or tranquility. Wow. Peace. Calm. That's why the tabernacle was located at Shiloh. And here are the people of Israel just doing what God commanded them to do. Go take possession of your inheritance. And they always came back. But they always went out. So Shiloh was actually a, a, a really important place for them. Where it was located. It was an important place. Well, what does that mean? Guess what? Now, if I, if I want to put something to this, what I'm talking to you about is this. That that represented the peace and the calm that God would give you even in the time that you face adversity. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We could always go back we could always go back to Shiloh. We could always experience that, amen, his presence and his peace and his calm, that, that tranquil, that tranquility. We, we could all experience it. Why? Because God is that good. He will do that for us. Yes. We will find that inner peace that we need, even when we're facing adversity. Ooh. Here's the thing about the armor of God. As long as we adorn the armor of God, as long as we put on the armor of God, the armor of God will help us to stand. Amen. Look at the world we're living in right now. My, 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 my. People have no inclination of what is happening. It just seems like everything is, uh, how, how can I say this? We're living in a world where everybody right now is just so aggressive. For no reason. They want to get in your face. That's the generation that we're living in right now. I'm going to get in your face. Just because you look funny. Huh? Just because you live differently. I want to get in your face. Just because you said a word that they get offended at. I want to get in your face. We live in an aggressive generation. Amen. So that's why it's important for us to understand that we do need to put on the armor of God to withstand, as he says, the wiles of the devil. Paul said that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, he said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Don't forget that. This whole world, every person, every soul, every individual, guess what? They're under someone's influence. Yes. Right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's right. That's I quoted it. I quoted it one time, and we were talking about, and this was way back in the in the eighties, so that kind of shows you. You know, things that were going on then, but somebody was talking about the problems they were having with teenagers. And, and uh, I was working for the White River High School at that time, and I was a counselor, so <clears throat> I came in 
just right when they were talking about it, apparently something happened that morning. There was a lot of disruption in, in the principal's, high school principal's office, and they were all in it, all shooken up and everything, and just kind of winding, trying to wind down from the confrontation. I just walked in when, the, when all of the people involved, they just left, and here come walking into that, and they're all disturbed, all upset, and they were talking about it. It's, you know what, it's today, you know, that was back in 1980, uh, I'm going to say 86, 87. And they said, man, this world is getting bad. Never used to be like this. I said, so I walked into that and they said, you know what happened? And I said, nope. And they told me what happened. I said, really? They said, yep. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, it's, yeah. You know what the Bible says, though? I said, you know why people behave the way they behave? And, and of course, uh, the high school secretary at the principal's office was supposed to be Christian. And, and, uh, and then the, uh, there was a couple teachers and then the high school principal. And I said, the Bible says that, you know, the reason why people are the way they are is they're walking according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Mm -hmm. And the principal said, what was that? Mm -hmm. So I quoted to them again. He said, do you really believe that? I said, yes, I do. I said, if you think that you're your own person, you're wrong. Because you're walking under, amen, you're walking under somebody's influence right now. If it's not God's, it's somebody else's. And I, boy, I talk about them taking an offense at the word. It's just like, woo-hoo-hoo. You've got to be kidding me. I said, oh, it's just the way it is. Walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the, uh, the power of the air. That's what, I, that's what I said to them. So they were all upset. Man. I said, that's why people behave the way they behave, because of what is leading them on, what is influencing them. That's why this world is in the shape it is. Yes. That's why we're seeing nothing but bad. Yes, that's right. That's right. They don't like to hear that word. Don't use that word, bad. Mm -hmm. Well, you use it in your uh, vocabulary. I could use it in mine. Mm -hmm. huh? mm -hmm. Don't talk about sin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That three little, that three-lettered word, that little word, just really disturbs a lot of people. In it. Yeah. Ooh, don't, don't. It sure <laughs> it's almost. I get to the point where sometimes I, I kind of get, you know, just to be give everybody a difficult time. You know how I am. I, I'd be standing. I'll go sit. <laughs> if they told me not to say it, I said sit. <laughs> Sin, 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 sin. Just to rub it in. Are you dead? Did it kill you? Uh, you're still alive. But it's a word that you have to confront. All of us have to confront it, isn't it? It's what we do. Human nature is so used to doing it. Stepping out of the bounds of God. And, um, but here's the thing about what I'm talking to you about in the midst of what, the reason why I say this is because a lot of people don't really realize what it what it entails to 
put on the armor of God. Are we even what that means? We can say it, Lord, I want to put, put your armor on me. Let me tell you something. God will not put his armor on you. Let's correct it. God will not put his armor on you. You need to put it on. That's the difference. I've heard, I, I heard a lot of people praying, Lord, put your armor on me. No, 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 no. You put the armor on. You put it on. That's the difference. God is not going to dress you. You're going to have to dress yourself. You're going to have to put it on yourself. Hallelujah. Because in this, in this, in this way, in this manner, when we understand that, what, especially spiritually, all the spiritual confrontation that you and I, Amen, face every day, we engage in spiritual battles every day. Do you do you realize that? Yeah. Let me ask you a question: How many times are you taken captive? How many times has the devil arrested you and put you into captivity? People don't realize that you have to protect yourself. You have to protect yourself. Amen. If you don't believe in self-defense, you better believe in it now. Huh? A lot of people don't believe in self-defense. You have to do it now. Praise God. Something that has to be done reminds me of the time that uh, the armies of Israel were facing the Philistines. There they were. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says they put the battle in array. Look at that word. Study it once. Never realized what it really meant until I, I did a word search on it. And, and you, know what this meant? you know what that meant? You know what they all did? Of course, if you read the story, they were on one side of the valley, and, and, and the, the Philistines were on one side of the valley, the Israelites were on this side of the valley. And so here they were. They were forces. And you know what they did? They put the battle in the ring. You know what that means? It means that they got out all the shields, all the swords, and all the spears, and and, and, and you know what they did? They started to polish it. Yeah. Make them shiny. Mm -hmm. Wet their swords and their spears. Make every, get everything ready so that they can put it out there so they can say, hey, look at my shield. Mm -hmm. Ooh. In other words, all it was for was appearance. Mm -hmm. Because if you read the story, how many of you ever have never figured this out? Why wasn't there one advance made by either side? Mm -hmm. huh? mm -hmm. What's missing from that battle? Not one soldier took a step to confront the enemy. Yeah. They all stood behind the line. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. They put the battle in array, but guess what? They didn't want to go into battle. That's how we are sometimes. Yeah. Devil will give you a black eye, but you don't want to give him one. We'll take a lot of beatings he gives us, but we'll never give him a beating. Right. Huh? It's not so much that. You know, we go up to him, we go. <laughs> Standing there bruised up spiritually, and we're patting him on the back. 
put the battle in array. I've got a nice shiny shield right here. And my sword is nice and sharp. But it's not there for looks, it's there for use. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, all the time when God has equipped us, we should be engaged in the battle. Yes. Amen. He has equipped us. It's kind of a different take on it, isn't it? Amen. <laughs> That's why Paul says, put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. Put it on so that you can, amen, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Mm -hmm. That you can withstand him. Yeah. Withstand him. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. In Psalms 144.1, it says, Blessed be the Lord my strength which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. We have the armor of God and it's not there for looks. It's there to use. It's there for our protection. And that's what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to use it. Teach my hands to war, Lord, and my fingers to fight. That's what we need to do. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> Paul goes into that and he says uh, in verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication it's not going to work unless you pray Amen. in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ooh. That doesn't sound like somebody that's really at ease, does it? It means you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you note that there are four pieces of armor? Are you seeing that? Four pieces are, here's, uh, well, not four pieces, but the pieces of armor, four of the pieces of armor are for protection. The helmet of salvation, the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shield of faith. Those four pieces are for protection the other two pieces the sword of the spirit and the gospel shoes of peace you know what those are for those are for advancement 
Those are for offense. Those are for attacking. Amen. Amen. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. You see that in the 14th verse there. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. So we had a girdle, amen, that went about our loins. Have your loins girt about with truth. What, is that? what does that mean, your loins? Well, that girdle, that part that the soldiers wore, protected, what that did was it protected their midsection, their inward parts. Hallelujah. All these organs that are inside our body, they're vital to our existence, aren't they? All our vital organs. So it protected their inward parts. You go over there and, and in Isaiah 22, in verse number 21, you will see, And I will clothe him with thy robe and strengthen him with thy girdle. So we see here he's talking about us being clothed with the robe and strengthened with a girdle. So that girdle is there to strengthen us. To strengthen our vital parts, our inward parts. And that's what it does. The girdle of truth is to protect our loins and inward parts. That's the purpose it serves. And what does that mean? When you think about it, you know, you think about that, that being there to protect your inward parts. When we take a look and see what has to exist, what we have to have in us. Okay? The scripture says in Psalms 51 6, it says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. <coughs> you think about that. What does that mean? God wants us to have truth in our inward parts. In your most inner being, we are to have truth. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So we're to, amen, have truth in our inward parts. That's what, that's what we have to have. That's what's going to protect us. That's what, why the girdle is there. It's around us to protect us, our inward parts. We're going to, amen, have truth. Have truth. Think about that. We're living in a, we're living in a time... Well, look what the scripture says in Proverbs 20, in chapter 20, verse 27. Look what it says. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the valley. You know what's going to help you to be strengthened in your being, in your spirit? Is if you allow your spirit to come under the conviction of God's Holy Spirit. Amen. Because our spirit is the candle of the Lord. Amen. And when we allow the Spirit of God to move upon us, when we humble ourselves, guess what we're going to do? We're going to be we're going to be searching all the inward parts of our valley. We're going to make sure that everything that is in us Amen. is going to be truth. Amen. We have to love truth. Amen. We have to be people of the truth because if we're not, guess what? We're not going to have that protection. Especially in this day that we're living in. The Bible says that they will be, amen, deceived. And, amen, God will send them strong delusion because they have not a love for the truth. Amen. 
We've got to have a love for the truth. Because that's what's going to protect us. So we have to have truth in our inward parts. In Psalms 40, in Psalms 40 uh, chapter 40, verse 11, it says, With not withhold, withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. In other words, that's what his truth is going to do for us. It's going to preserve us. Amen. You know why so many are have so many uh, difficulties and they never they're never able to withstand against the wiles of the devil? It's because they don't have the truth inside. Amen. Amen. The truth is not their strength. That's why they give in and that's why they stumble and that's why they fall. Doesn't preserve them. Get to the point where you you grow and you mature and you learn some certain things <clears throat> in the Lord. You're going to find out who really has something. Mm -hmm. Who really has some substance. Who really has it right here. Because you know what? Those people are going to be so consistent. They're going to be consistent no matter what they're going through in their life. Guess what? They can be experiencing a lot of hardships, a lot of adversity, a lot of afflictions. But guess what? They're still serving the Lord. Right. Amen. Right. Through thick and thin, through sunshine and shadow, through health and sickness, through life and death. Guess what they're going to be? Woo. Thank God for those kind of people, those individuals. There's true soldiers. They're enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. They're holding on to God. You can't even pry their fingers loose. Huh? You can't even pry their fingers loose. That's how, that's how tough they are. Have a, a death, death grip on the things of God. I'm not letting you go, Lord. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. So if you get a kung fu grip on the things of God, guess what? You're going to hang in there. Right. He says there in Ephesians 14, the second part of that verse there, <clears throat> having on the breastplate of righteousness. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness protects the heart. It protects the heart. Vital organ. The girdle protected this part down here. The breastplate protects this part up here. This is where your heart is. So, if you want your heart to be protected, you need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. That word... When we talk about righteousness, this is what it means. This is the way it, it, it is defined. It means, it means being just. In your heart, you're, you're just. You're impartial. You're fair. You're balanced. Right here. That's it. 
in my experiences over the years, it's really hard for people to be that way, to have any kind of integrity. Ooh, it's difficult. The heart just wants to, you know what the Bible says? It's deceitful. And, and I always want to tend to, you know, being biased, impartial, or partial, I should say, partial, no balance. But the breastplate of righteousness will protect you from being that way. In Isaiah 59, in verse number 17, it says, For he put on righteousness as a breastplate. As a breastplate. He put on righteousness as a breastplate. Righteousness is what's going to protect your heart. Righteousness. Mm -hmm. Being upright. Being upright. Having balance. Standing up straightly. Psalms 5.8 says this, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness. Ooh. Because of mine enemies. That's the reason why we need to walk in righteousness, because of our enemies. Amen. 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 Guess what? Your righteousness is going to keep you. Amen. So it says, Because of our enemies, because of mine enemies, make thy way straight before my face. So when I talked about being just, being a just person, Psalms 106.3 says, Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Mm -hmm. So that's what, we, that's what we have to do. When we walk in the Holy Ghost, did you realize this? We fulfill His righteousness. Mm -hmm. Not our righteousness, His righteousness. So you go in, in, in Proverbs 11, in verses 5 and 6, it says, The righteousness of the perfect shall direct His way, but the wicked shall fall by His own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressions shall be taken in their own not, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. That's why righteousness should be, you know. There's something amazing about that. When we talk about what it is to be being led of the Lord and being filled with the Spirit. Paul, you know, he talks about this in, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 11. It says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. With the fruits of righteousness, by which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. By their fruit ye shall know them. Right. Huh? Mm -hmm. By their fruit. Second Corinthians 6, 7, it says, By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. The breastplate of righteousness. 
So if we have righteousness in here, guess what? Our heart's going to be protected. We're going to be protected. Hallelujah. It's really something. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm so amazed yet. I just wake up and I'm amazed at God. Amen. Amen. I'm amazed at Him. Amen. How is it possible I can live this life? <laughs> That's right. Amen. I'm amazed at His righteousness. To walk in his righteousness. But I understand this. As long as I'm led of the spirit. As long as I walk in the spirit. As long as I'm filled in the spirit. That can be achieved. That can be accomplished. I'm amazed at, at that. Because what. You know what. I have no desire. For sin. You get to a point in your life. You just have no desire. You just have no desire. I'm glad I have no desire anymore. No desire. No desire to, amen, take a sip of alcohol. No desire to smoke dope no more. No desire to pop pills. No desire to, to amen, walk in sin. No, no desire. No desire to be hateful, bitter, envious, jealous. No desire for that lustful things of the flesh. Amen. Fornication. All that kind of stuff. No desire for that. Mm -hmm. Just completely gone. Why? Because of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Just what is put in you. So you, you kind of, you so I'm just amazed. I wake up and I say, thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Because I know when I used to live in a man, it was so difficult. But thank God for his presence and thank God for his spirit. So we see in uh, Ephesians, uh, did I miss something here? Okay. 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 Just making sure. Okay. Ephesians six sixteen. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the shield of faith. That's what Paul said. Taking the shield of faith. Deuteronomy 33, 29 says, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord. The shield of thy help. My. The shield of thy help. And who is the sword of thy excellency? And thy enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. So he is the shield of our help. Psalms 18.35, it says, Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. And thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness has made me great. But he has given us the shield of <clears throat> his salvation. Something 
was talking about the shields earlier, about how they shined up their shields, polished their shields, make them look nice and shiny. Take a look at that shield. There's certain things that we do, and, you know, we can do ourselves. There's certain things, the way we approach it, just like they did, they approached it. They made themselves look, you know, intimidating. But yet, why didn't they advance in, in the battle? Why didn't they step foot? And why didn't they go on the offense against the enemy? Because guess what? Israel, I mean, Philistine was in the Israel's territory, weren't they? They were the ones that were trans trespassing. And so Israel had every right to advance and say, okay, you don't belong here. And we're going to stop you from going any further. But guess what happened? They were just like standing there with their swords and their spears and their shields. And... Especially seeing Goliath come out there probably wondering, mm, man, are they all that size? Standing there with their shiny shields. We definitely need need to understand that we do need the shield of faith. Yes. You know what soldiers did? Soldiers, in order to deflect arrows and spears, the Bible says darts, to de deflect Every time the enemy basically uh, shot at them, and in order for for them to be protected, protected from those, because arrows do penetrate. Mm -hmm. They do. Mm -hmm. Some of the shields were covered with a little bit of. Uh, some of them were, were covered with bronze and some other metals. But if the arrow was shot with enough force, those arrows could penetrate that shield. So they, you know, they were there. They obviously, you know, they did their job. But sometimes some of those, the bows and even the war machines that shot those great big, uh, you know, they're like arrows, but they, they call them javelins. And I think that's what it means by darts. Those things came with the force. And guess what? The shields. If, if those shields weren't uh, taken care of, maintained properly, those things penetrated those shields and they could not just go through the shield, but they could, they could injure or kill the person that was holding the shield. Amen. Sometimes the devil sometimes may use excess, excessive force against us. We feel that at times, don't we? Sometimes there's a little bit more strength behind what he does. He comes at us. If, if, if we withstand him, <clears throat> he says, oh, wow, they're, they're pretty strong. Well, I guess I'll have to use another. I'll have to go up another level as far as my attack is concerned. I'll have to use more force. So he, if, if I want to use this term, he calls in the big guns. Calls in the big arrows, the war machines. This is the way I'm going to get them. This is the way I'm going to penetrate their armor. So what was the soldiers' 
remedy for, for that kind of force. Well, the Bible says in Isaiah 21, verse number 5, it says, Prepare ye the table. Watch in the watchtower. Eat, drink, arise, ye princes, and anoint the shield. So where they were to anoint their shield, you know, it's something polishing and making it look nice, but it's another thing to anoint their shields. You know what they would do? They would get oil and a sponge, and they would, amen, just saturate the shields with that. So if one of those darts or one of those arrows came, guess what happened? It wouldn't penetrate. It would glance off. Because that's what that anointed shield did. It would, those arrows would just glance off <clears throat> because of that. You think about that. Why is it every person fails God? Why is it the devil can penetrate? Huh? Mm -hmm. Why is it he's able to take a, a, so many people down? It's because they don't anoint their shield. Mm -hmm. Every time he, he, he attacks them and he uses this kind of force, guess what happens? It just seems like a lot of people succumb to his attacks. Mm -hmm. They fall. But our weapon against that is to anoint the shield. Anoint the shield. Remember, it's the shield of faith, isn't it? So Jude said in 20, in Jude 20, he said, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So how are we gonna how are we going to, to do that? How are we gonna be effective if we do if we amen build up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost? We're going to anoint that shield of faith. We're, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to keep back the attacks of the devil. Amen. Amen. You see there in Ephesians 6.17, take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. The helmet protects the head, doesn't it? Amen. Any kind of injury to the head, you know, any injury that they received, you know, to prevent that from happening, of course, put on the helmet. Paul refers to it as the helmet of salvation. But let us who are of the day be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith, there we go, and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For a helmet, the helmet of salvation, <clears throat> for a helmet, the hope of salvation. We always have to remain hopeful. How many of you want to be saved? In the back of my mind, it's always there. It's just like my goal at the beginning of the day, my goal at the end of the day is, guess what? I want to be saved. I'm always hoping. And that's what the Apostle Paul said in 8, 24 Romans. He said, we, we are saved by hope. We're saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? 
So we're saved by hope, but you know, guess what? A lot of times we can't. Here's the thing: is it's not by what we see. Right. We always seem to evaluate what happens to us by what we see around us. There could be a lot of terrible things going on right now. The devil wants to make it look pretty bad. You might as just throw in the towel. But guess what? I have the helmet of salvation on. I believe that God's going to keep his word with me. If I have that hope. I have that hope. What sort of things were written before time? Psalms, uh, Romans 15, 4. Were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Wow. So I'm always hoping. Amen. Haven't given, given up hope. And every man that hath this hope in, his, in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. So as long as I have that hope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remain pure. I'm going to seek the things of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see, amen. The scripture says this in uh, Ephesians 6.15. I kind of went a little bit ahead, but I did this for two reasons. Remember the two pieces of armor that are for advancement. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 6.15 and have and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your feet shod. Bind on. Put under one's foot. To bind on and put under one's foot. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. First Samuel 2 9 says, He will keep the feet of his saints. And the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. Woo. So he said he will keep the feet of his saints. Guess what? We put on our gospel shoes. I was, just, I was blessed a few weeks ago with some really beautiful moccasins that my sister-in-law made for me. Amen. I put them on and I thought, wow. Boy, I really felt that Lakota spirit come over me. I said, man, I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior for God. All that was missing was the headdress. Makes a difference when you put the right shoes on. It makes a difference, doesn't it? But he says that he will keep the feet of his saints. When we put on those gospel shoes, those gospel, amen, yeah. When we put on the, uh, <clears throat> the gospel shoes, guess what? God is going to keep us. Psalms 42, he says, He brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Guess what? That's what happens when we put on the gospel. Brought us out of the mire cave, he set my feet upon a rock. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Proverbs 14, uh, Proverbs 4.12. When thou goest, 
thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I was talking about that. I mentioned that earlier, didn't I? Mm -hmm. You know when, you're, when your path is kind of obscured by certain things? Here you are, China. I was well, I, I went into our storage in the, in the basement there. We have a storage room that's kind of like a utility room, and we have stuff put in there. I cleaned it out because it was really crowded. I go in there and I walk around, and it's like I, I remember that one game where you you have to step, put your foot somewhere, and then you have you have foot goes like this and twister. yeah the twister I felt like every time I walked in that room I had to do that I had to walk around certain things the bad thing about it the switch is above the light bulb so you have to pull that switch but you're walking in the dark so here you are you're trying to and it's just like you have to step a certain way and your foot's turned this way and it's and, and all that stress on you know I got you know my knees I, I have trouble with my knees so here I am so it seemed like I thought to myself couldn't it be any easier huh how many of you ever said that? Amen. Couldn't my walk be any easier? We would love for it to be easier, wouldn't we? We would, we would certainly love that. But he says this, Proverbs 4, 12. When thou goest, thy, strep, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Hey, that's what happens when we put on the gospel. When we put on the gospel shoes. That, that word straightened means this. Our steps will not be narrowed mm -hmm. or be in distress. Mm -hmm. that's, that's why it calls it the, amen, the shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what it'll do for us, man. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Ooh, I love peace. What about you? Amen. See then that you walk circumspectly, Ephesians 5, 15. Not as fools, but as wise. Walk circumspectly. That's what we'll do. We'll have the gospel shoes on. We'll be diligent. We'll be exact. We'll, we'll know. How many of you are, know where you're going? Right. Amen. When we Amen. walk in exactly, how many of you know where you're going? Yes. Are you heading in the right direction? Yes. <laughs> Here, here's, here's another beautiful one. Oh, we're running out of time, man. Uh, Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth glad tidings. Yes that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. My. My, 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 my. Makes a big difference. Last but not least, the sword. Ephesians 6.17 and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Whew. Judges chapter 7, verse number 18, talks about the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, this word, this word, you need to make it personal in your life. It's the sword of the Lord, but it's also the sword of Gideon. 
Are you listening to me? It's the sword of the Lord, but it's also the sword of Harold Marshall. It's the sword of the Lord, and it could be the sword of Brother Dan Edwards. Sister Dina Edwards. That's how personal we need to make it. The sword of the Lord. I, I love that sword drill. Woo! Man, get up there. Get good with the sword. My, my, my. My, my, my. Talk about getting frustrated from time to time. Trying to get these old fingers to move. When somebody beats me at it, I have to look over and make sure they don't have tabs. Yes. <laughs> right, I know. Some are pretty quick. Because they're fast, and I say, how do they do that? Yes, they are. Wow. Amen. That's a truth. But it needs to be ours, doesn't it? Amen. Joshua 5, verse 13 and 14, it says, There stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. How many of you have your swords drawn? Ooh. Isaiah 66, 16, by for by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh. And the slain of the Lord shall be many. My, 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 my. The word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Two-edged sword. Piercing. Piercing. That's something about the word of God, isn't it? Yes. Brother Luke Wethy was preaching to us. Man, I tell you what, that sword is. I'd be sitting there going. Right. That's right. It me several different areas in my body. Ooh, I was bleeding. But I said to myself, thank God I'm bleeding. Amen. Praise God, because we all need that. Oh, yeah. Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. Jeremiah 48.10 And that cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. That's what we need. And you know what? He's, here's the thing. <clears throat> He's talking about using that weapon against our enemies, not against one another. Amen. Right. Amen. <laughs> yes. That's right. Amen. That's, right. That's exactly right. Amen. Against our enemies. So people of God, that's why it's important. That's why it's important for us. Put on the armor. My, my, my. Endure hardness is a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus. We're so fortunate, blessed to be able to have all of this at our in our arsenal. Mm -hmm. 
Hallelujah. So that's why we should, that's why we should stand and keep on standing. Praise God. Thank you very much for your patience. Man, I tell you what. Hallelujah. And I thought that was the short study. <laughs> Obviously. Amen. Looking forward to seeing you, everybody, at 2 o'clock. Y'all dismiss, greet one another. Jesus' name. Yeah.